So I think I figured out what to do with this podcast. So if you haven't been paying attention, haven't watched the show, haven't listened to the podcast, I uh, left the radio show that I had uh, a couple months ago. And it was after only about 15 or exactly 15 episodes uh, on the radio. And it was because I was too busy. I, I just I wanted to focus on making YouTube videos. I did not have the time to... Uh, I mean, the amount of work that I put into my 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 radio show maybe is not what a lot of people do, but I put a lot of work into that radio show, and it was way too much. I just could not keep it up, and I didn't know. I couldn't think of any other way to really continue the radio show without me putting that amount of work into it because I actually care about informing people. So I decided to instead leave it and focus on making YouTube videos, which is what I enjoy most anyways. But with that said... I still have this podcast and I still have subscribers here. I still have a message I want to put out there. And I've been thinking about ways to, uh, or what to do with this podcast. Now there were some suggestions that came in saying that, Oh, by the way, I should mention I'm David Dole of the rational national. <laughs> so <laughs> Probably should start with that, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of like just jumping into a conversation, but, um, yeah. So I, I got some suggestions of people saying that, you know what? I want to hear your, your YouTube videos. In, in audio form. And uh, apparently a lot of people do that. I uh, see, I'm, I'm sort of a, a casual podcast listener. Uh, there was a time where I really just listened to uh, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, which by the way, I mean, <laughs> we got to have a conversation about that at some point, uh, just how that podcast has devolved. But um, that was pretty much, I mean, I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, and I ended up just watching that on YouTube instead of listening to it on, on iTunes. So I was, I've never been that much into um, podcasts. I do listen to, to uh, Chapo Trap House uh, when I can right now. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I'm more just, uh, I'm more of a YouTube guy. And that's where I get a lot of uh, my, my political um, entertainment slash news from. Uh, so I do want to offer something in this space because I feel like it's a big audience that I have the potential here to uh, inform and, you know, uh, part my my wisdom or lack thereof <laughs> on people. <laughs> maybe they enjoy it. Maybe they don't. It doesn't really matter. But I want to put something out there. But I decided, yes, you people are right. The people that are asking for the audio form of these YouTube videos. Because a lot of people, they listen to this stuff on their commute. And they don't watch YouTube videos. They don't have time. They got stuff to do. They have family. I, I totally get it. It makes more sense to uh, give them the audio version of these videos so that they can listen while they're doing other stuff. 100% understand. So I'm going to do that. But I'm also going to do what I'm doing right now and start each of these episodes with maybe five, 10 minutes of talking about something. Maybe it's related to the uh, episode you're about to hear. Uh, maybe it's not. Uh, that's my idea right now. Now, if you followed my YouTube channel from the beginning, you'll know that uh, I have gone through many transformations, be it uh, videos where there were a lot of quick cuts, kind of like uh, Philly D, if you've ever seen his videos. Uh, I also used to do a lot more comedy and scripted comedy on YouTube. Um, I kind of went away from a lot of that just to go uh, to, I guess, sort of standard political commentary that I'm doing right now. But um, I'm saying that because it's there's a potential that my idea for the podcast right now will evolve again at some point and change again. So <laughs> just just letting you know. But in the meantime, this is what I want to do. So 
about five, ten minutes of talking about something and then um, get to the uh, YouTube videos of the day. So this one you're about to hear was uh, posted yesterday on on Sunday. So today is uh, is Monday, the uh, April 15th. And um, this video is 18 minutes long. And it, it's, it's one of my longer videos because it's really a, a breakdown on the whole Ilhan Omar situation. So I don't want to go, you know, into those details right now since you're about to hear them. But I will say that this video, just like my other videos defending Ilhan Omar, was demonetized. Now, I don't want to focus too much on the word demonetized because that isn't really my issue as much as the fact that when these videos are demonetized, they are also deplatformed, meaning that they are not included into suggested videos for YouTube. Because obviously, I mean, YouTube wants to make money too, right? So they're not going to suggest videos that they're not going to make money off of. So when a video is demonetized, it's also deplatformed. Ilhan Omar. It's amazing. When you state the facts of the actual situation, and you defend Ilhan Omar, that information now is not getting out to more people because of YouTube's broken algorithm. Or however they do... I mean, this is the... Th so, like, usually, I, it's fair to blame the algorithm in one sense, because the video was demonetized immediately before it was even public, so something in the closed captioning must have caught, it, must have, uh, caught the, uh, the filter, like maybe the fact that I mentioned 9-11 was a big issue. Uh, but then it was confirmed to be demonetized by manual review, meaning that each of these videos where I'm defending Ilhan Omar, stating all the facts, somebody at YouTube, uh, an actual person at YouTube, watched the video and thought, yeah, this should not be monetized. This is harmful for whatever reason. And I'm going to confirm that, in fact, this video should be uh, should continue to be demonetized and deplatformed. This is how destructive conservative narratives catch hold. I mean, when you only have, when you have one side, the conservative side propped up by billionaire money, blasting their message out there, you have the left that has zero financial support except for the actual viewers like the patrons and at YouTube ad revenue that is funding uh, these channels, these, these left-wing channels. There is, there is no proper recourse here. I mean, you have one side, the conservative side, lying, but because they have the money behind them, they can project their lies out there in a more uh, unified fashion. And you have the left, doesn't have that support, is essentially... I mean, the arguments that showcase how Ilhan Omar is not wrong here, how she is in fact in the right, and the Democratic establishment and conservatives that are, that are going after her or unwilling to defend her are wrong, yet that video and that, that message is not getting out there because these establishment powers are working against you. I mean, this showcases why... Why support from the left, from individuals, is so incredibly important. Whether it's financial support, 
whether it's social media support, just you know, sharing these videos, sharing this message out there, because we have nothing else. We have nothing to rely on. We don't have big donors to rely on to be able to project our message out there, to be able to put ads on all these conservative videos. I mean, if you go and watch my YouTube videos, people complain all the time that there's ads for uh, conservative channels, whether it's, you know, what is it? CRTCV? Uh, what is it? CRT? CV? <laughs> CRC TV? There, there's like some conservative network on YouTube that advertises all the time on progressive YouTube channels. Um, there's also ads for, you know, Turning Point USA and uh, what is it? What's the, the libertarian one? There's that libertarian website. Reason. I think that's it. Reason.com. I don't know. These, whatever it is, <laughs> my ch my videos are chock full of conservative ads because that's where the money is. These conservative networks are being funded by massive corporations and billionaires. The left does not have these ads. I don't think even the Young Turks puts ads on, on YouTube. Like, I don't think they have ads on, on, on other channels. Like, they're just self-contained because they don't have the money to be able to do that. They don't have these these uh, massive financial uh, backers with unlimited supplies of money. So the the whole... And, and by the way, if you're going to mention, oh, but didn't TYT get, get $20 million? Do you have any idea <laughs> how insignificant $20 million is compared to how... Uh, these conservative channels are are funded. Twenty million is nothing. It goes away with the snap of a finger. Twenty million dollars can maybe afford a couple years, or you know, one year of of paying for the staff at TYT. At uh, I mean, at the absolute most. Um, so no, twenty million dollars does not mean anything. These conservative channels and people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, have billionaires with unlimited amounts of money funding them. That is a massive difference. So again, I'm going to, uh, I also mentioned it at the end of the segment, but if you, if you can support independent media, be it, you know, not even just me, others as well that are in this situation where we are trying to tell the truth and are uh, silenced by the establishment, whether it's, it's, uh, YouTube in terms of their crappy algorithm and their ridiculous rules or it's um uh just the fact that we don't have the money that we need to survive. I mean, we rely on patron support. So, if you can if you have the ability, again, I don't want if you're if you can't afford it, I completely understand. There were I mean, <laughs> years and years and years. Most of my life um I I'd had almost no money. So I completely understand if you can't afford to um to donate to these these progressive networks or or channels. But if you have the the ability to, please patreon.com slash the rational national or even easier, go to the rationalnational.com slash join and it'll get you to my Patreon page. Give as much as you want, as little as you want, but whatever it is, your support allows me to continue doing this. So here is my uh the audio of my YouTube video titled Nancy Pelosi Fails Ilhan Omar Again. And all Speaker Pelosi says is he shouldn't, no, condemn it, name her. She's living through death threats and then condemn him for inciting violence. Once again, the Democratic Party leadership has failed Representative Ilhan Omar. Now, 
In this video, I'm going to give you the entire breakdown. So I'm going to show you Ilhan Omar's full remarks, who's attacking her, who's defending her, who's right and who's wrong. So first off, let me just show you that, look, these new round of attacks follow death threats that have been lodged at Ilhan Omar based on previous attacks. So here's this headline from the Jerusalem Post. New York citizen arrested for making death threats against Ilhan Omar. Quote, why are you working for her? She's a expletive. I'll put a bullet in her expletive skull, Patrick Carlino uh, threatened. So despite death threats like that lodged at Ilhan Omar, there is now a new round of attacks that are spurred from comments that Ilhan Omar made that, are be that have been taken out of context. So I've shown this video, uh, this piece of the speech before in a previous video, but I really want to give the full context in this video as well. So let me show you this minute long piece of Ilhan Omar's speech from last month that is being taken out of context. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it, and every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. <laughs> CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. So you can't just say that today someone is looking at me strange, that I am going to try to make myself look pleasant. You have to say this person is looking at me strange. I am not comfortable with it. I am going to go talk to them and ask them why. Because that is a right you have. All right, so I would hope that any rational person would look at this speech and recognize that Ilhan Omar is speaking to a serious issue, how Muslims have been treated since 9-11. Just because some Muslim extremists were involved as terrorists on 9-11 does not mean that all Muslims should be painted with the same brush. This is just an obvious point that I hope people understand. But her speech or I should say four words from this speech, were taken out of context to attack her. Now, the New York Post did not start it, but they definitely accelerated the attacks. So they put out this front page, Representative Ilhan Omar, 9-11 was some people did something. Here's your something. And then, of course, showing the Twin Towers on 9-11. Now, showing you the speech and showing you how it's being used, uh, how it's being pulled out of context, how these four words are being taken out of context to attack her. This sh on its face should be obvious that this is clearly a bad faith attack. This is simply done to attack Ilhan Omar, to attack the first uh, or one of the first Muslim women in, in Congress. Now, this was continued by Donald Trump. So Donald Trump, who has now made this uh, a pinned tweet, uh, posted a video saying, we will never forget. And it includes Ilhan Omar being taken out of context. And then it uh, concludes here with uh, the Twin Towers. Now, this is clearly an incitement of violence and hate against Ilhan Omar. And just before I even get to the Democratic response to this, both the good and bad, let me just show you how... <laughs> How bad faith this is on the part of Donald Trump. Now, this is this shouldn't be shocking to anybody that's followed Donald Trump and 
understands this is he, this is a, a a narcissist, a guy who is just a he, he can't stop lying. I mean, he's a pathological liar. So here is Donald Trump's remarks on on 9/11, bragging about how his tower is now the tallest in Manhattan. You have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. And I just spoke to my people and they said it's the most unbelievable sight. So, I mean, that speaks for itself. That was on 9-11. The first thought that Donald Trump had was, wow, my building is now the tallest. It was the tallest before the World Trade Center. Now it's the tallest again because they're, they've now been hit by planes. This is the guy calling out Ilhan Omar, taking her out of context about comments she made about 9-11. Now, before I get to, uh, again, before I get to the Democratic leadership response, let me show you who's defending Ilhan Omar on uh, on Twitter. So... The Justice Democrats, uh, they've stuck together largely throughout uh, their time so far in, in Congress, and they did so again uh, with this. So Rashida uh, Tlaib correctly pointing out here, enough is enough. No more silence. With New York Post and now Trump taking Ilhan's words out of context to incite violence toward her, it's time for more Democrats to speak up. Clearly, the GOP is fine with this shameful stunt, but we cannot stand by. AOC also tweeted out, members of Congress have a duty to respond to the president's explicit attack today. Ilhan Omar's life is in danger. For our colleagues to be silent is to be complicit in the outright dangerous targeting of a member of Congress. We must speak out. And Ayanna Presley also tweeted out saying, my sister in service, Ilhan Omar, is on my heart tonight. The occupant of the White House is putting her, her family, and her team and Muslim Americans across the country in jeopardy. It's unconscionable, and I'm furious. Now, all of these congresswomen deserve serious credit for sticking up for Ilhan Omar here when the leadership will not. But uh, again, before I get to the leadership, I will show you how they have failed her. Uh, I also want to show you these, uh, these, uh, this defense here from uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So Bernie was the first uh, of the 2020 candidates to come out and defend Ilhan Omar, saying, Ilhan Omar is a leader with strength and courage. She won't back down to Trump's racism and hate and neither will we. The disgusting and dangerous attacks against her must end. And that was quickly followed up by uh, Elizabeth Warren tweeting out, the president is inciting violence against a sitting congresswoman and an entire group of Americans based on their religion. It's disgusting, it's shameful, and any elected leader who refuses to condemn it shares responsibility for it. Now, I have to say, there's also another progressive in the race, Tulsi Gabbard, who has said nothing about this. So I expect more from her, she has defended Ilhan Omar in the past, so I'm kind of surprised by her silence on this, but she has, as of recording this video, she has not said anything about this incident. When even uh, Kamala Harris, who has a fairly poor progressive or fair, uh, fairly poor record on progressive issues compared to Bernie and Warren, even she defended Il uh, Ilhan Omar saying, for two years, this president has used the most powerful platform in the world to sow hate and division. He's done it again putting the safety of a sitting member of Congress, Ilhan Omar, at risk, and vilifying a whole religion is beyond the pale. I'll be blunt. We must defeat him. Now, finally, 
let's get to the Democratic leadership, who we should expect to defend Ilhan Omar here. She is clearly in the right. When you look at the full context of what she was talking about, she didn't say anything wrong. And she was actually making a, a point that needs to be said more often, how Muslims are being treated in Western society. But let's start off with uh, DNC Chair Tom Perez. How did he react to this? And by the way, I'm going to fast forward a lot of uh, Tom Perez's answer here. You'll still be able to catch what he's saying. But because he went on and on and on saying nothing, I didn't want to waste your time. Watch. The way the president dealt with it, we just debated. What is your take on what she said? Well, you know, Chris, we have 571 days until the most important election of our lifetime. We have health care on the ballot. We've got good wages on the ballot. We've got our democracy is on the ballot. And what Donald Trump wants to do in the 571 days between now and the election is distract people. He doesn't want to talk about health care because he doesn't have a plan other than to take away people's health care. He doesn't want to talk about the issues that matter most in communities across this country. The distraction of 2018 was caravans because they didn't want to talk about health care. And what voters want to know, Chris, and, and this is what we're getting at at the Democratic Party, what voters want to know going into this cycle is who has my back? Who can I trust to keep their promises? And that is why Donald Trump wants to talk about these issues right now, because he is hoping that for the next 570 days, we talk about one or two members of Congress. He doesn't want us to talk about the fact that Democrats believe that health care is a right for all, and we're going to keep our promise and have your back, whereas he has a knife in your back. Listen, we are keeping our promises to make sure that this economy works for everyone and not just for a few at the top. And he has uh, passed the most reckless tax cut in American history. I hear you That's on the issues. That's why he wants to distract. I hear you on the issues. Nobody will ever give you more time or your candidates more time to discuss them than my show will. I promise you that, because it matters. However, so does 9-11. And having a member of your ranks who deals with it that way, some people did something. And I gave her the benefit of full context. Isn't that something that you should have a comment on as opposed to just seeing it as a distraction? Chris, everybody remembers where they were on 9-11. I remember exactly where I was. And I saw, we, we all lived this. It was uh, the worst day of certainly our lifetimes and one of the two or three worst days in American history. And, and we should never uh, forget that. All right. I mean, that speaks for itself. Tom Perez had two opportunities to defend Ilhan Omar, to talk about how she was taken out of context and this entire uh, attack on her is, is dangerous. It's, it incites violence, incites hate against Ilhan Omar and Muslims as a whole but he didn't defend her at all. And I should also mention here that Chris Cuomo, also horrible, uh, he apparently thinks her comments even in context are bad. I don't possibly understand how you can think that. The reason Ilhan Omar is using the words some people is because she doesn't want to attribute those people, the terrorists, to her religion. This should be obvious. Why would you want to attribute people who are hate-filled, who do not represent what you believe your religion represents, why would you want to attribute that, uh, your religion, with those terrorists? That's why you use the words, some people. Some people did something, and now we're all being painted with that same brush. There is absolutely nothing wrong with what Ilhan Omar said. Now, let me show you Nancy Pelosi. House Leader Nancy Pelosi, who as I'm going to show you in a bit here, has taken pictures with uh, Ilhan Omar to represent how diverse her party is. Here's her response to this. The memory of 9-11 is sacred ground, and any discussion of it must be done with reverence. The president shouldn't use the painful images of 9-11 for a political attack. This is just mealy-mouthed bullshit. She doesn't mention Ilhan Omar by name, doesn't mention how this is an incitement of violence, doesn't mention Muslims, doesn't mention anything. This is just complete and utter crap. Now, 
Compare that tweet to how stern she was against Ilhan Omar when there were claims of anti-Semitism, which, by the way, <laughs> I also debunked all that crap, too. But the point here is, look at how uh, how specific she is in her language here compared to the tweet about uh, Donald Trump's uh, tweet about Ilhan Omar. So, quote, Congresswoman Omar's use of anti-Semitic tropes and prejudicial accusations about Israel's supporters is deeply offensive, said Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, House Majority Whip uh, Jim Clyburn, and other party leaders in a statement. Quote, we must, uh, we condemn these remarks and we call upon Congresswoman Omar to immediately apologize for these hurtful comments. Look at how specific Pelosi is there. This is about one of her own congresspeople. She is specific. She is to the point. She's, she, again, even though what Pelosi is saying here was completely wrong in the context of what she was saying, I have other videos on that. I don't want to get into that issue as well. Pelosi was completely wrong here. But the point is, look at how specific she was about this compared to the attack on these attacks on Ilhan Omar. It's disgusting. She's willing to uh, go after Ilhan Omar when she thinks she's wrong about something, but she's not willing to defend Ilhan Omar even when she is 100% correct. Now, this uh, weak response by Pelosi was actually called out by Executive Director of CARE, which is the Council on American-Islamic Relations, uh, Zara Bilu. So she said this about Pelosi's weak-ass response. Speaker Pelosi's tweet, I mean, not even a formal statement, her tweet, which came 14 hours after the president was inciting violence against Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is disappointing. She says he should not. We shouldn't do this. And it's like, no, condemn it. It's an incitement to violence. He is taking her words out of context and cutting and pasting them with really painful images of a tragic terrorist attack that all of us experience, that all of us continue to suffer the consequences of. And he's showing it to millions of people. That video on Twitter now has over 7 million views. The White House just posted it on Facebook through the formal White House page. And all Speaker Pelosi says is he shouldn't. No, condemn it. Name her. She's living through death threats. And then condemn him for inciting violence against one of the first Muslim women in Congress. And speaking of that, I mean, do you think that the sort of heat that she's getting is because specifically she's Muslim? If any other member of Congress, short of Tlaib, um, had said these same words, they have gotten the same sort of blowback we've seen in the last two weeks. I mean, this video is coming from a president who himself has bragged about having the tallest building in Manhattan as a result of the 9-11 attacks. If that itself is not evidence of the hypocrisy, I, I don't know what else it takes. This is a woman of color, a black woman. This is a Muslim woman. This is someone who wears a headscarf and she's living through death threats. She is experiencing a double standard and, and hypocrisy at its highest. Yeah, uh, this is 100% correct. I'm not even sure what to add to this. Uh, I mean, when your leader is Nancy Pelosi and you say something that it's correct, what Ilhan Omar said was right. She's pointing out a serious issue and she's being taken out of context by conservative media and conservative politicians. And you as the leader aren't even willing to condemn those attacks and defend one of your own. Nancy Pelosi needs to be primaried out. How, how is this the leader? She's absolutely terrible. Now, Rashida Tlaib uh, also appeared to call out Pelosi, uh, tweeting out this. 
They put us in photos when they want to show our party is diverse. However, when we ask to be at the table or speak up about issues that impact who we are, what we fight for, and why we ran in the first place, we are ignored. To truly honor our diversity is to never silence us. And that uh, comment about the photo may be a reference to this picture here on uh, on Rolling Stone, where Pelosi is pictured with Ocasio-Cortez and uh, Ilhan Omar here. Now, uh, I mean, this is... This is, it's hard to even know what to say anymore. The Democratic leadership is consistently wrong, whether it's on policies, whether it's on cultural issues, whether it comes to uh, defending or not defending members of their own party, when it comes to corporate donations. Name anything. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Tom Perez, they are all total garbage. This is why, I, when I discuss the Democratic Party and how, yes, it is salvageable, this is, the, the party is a shell. All you have to do is replace the members in that party to make the party something else, which is why primaries are so incredibly important. You can't just get involved when it becomes a, a general election. You have to get involved at the beginning of the process. You have to push certain candidates that are actually going to fight for you and not just answer to their donors or be weak like Pelosi is being here. Um, now, before I finish this video, I have to also mention here, other videos where I've defended Ilhan Omar have been demonetized on YouTube. I'm not sure why, but it appears when you actually give full context of these attacks and how they are incorrect and how they're just complete BS, the video gets demonetized. So it's already happened uh, twice before. It will likely happen again on this video. So if you want to be able to, if you want to support me and support videos like this that actually give you the full context, then go to patreon.com slash the rational national or uh, the rational national.com slash join will also get you there and support the show, support independent media that is actually willing to call out this kind of bullshit.